is this is your son somebody that if they were a grown grown ass man and a flood came through like we've had in our country, could they take care of their family or are they going to panic? That's what I'm talking about is when the crap hits the fan, who's leading the family? Welcome to the Dream Big, Play Bigger podcast, where we show how we created a powerful and successful marriage after military service. Now, your hosts, AJ and Jessica Richards. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 12. 12, yeah. Of the formerly known as Dream Big, Play Bigger podcast. This is the first time you guys are going to hear it on the podcast. If you follow on our social media, you know that we have changed the name to something a little more descriptive. Yes. We are now the Marriage Goals Podcast, which makes sense because that's been the intent of this podcast the whole time. Not just for you guys maybe listening in, but for us as well. We're always growing, always trying to get better, so we definitely are living up to that as well. So one thing that I have been thinking about personally about our podcast is our excitement level. I feel like we're in a quiet a closet and it's quiet and it kind of wants to bring us down <laughs> <laughs> in terms of volume or intensity or excitement. So I just listened back to quite a few of these. I think that for me it's like watching game game footage, right? So when I did Rush Club, I would watch old videos of a, of me doing my job and then doing the podcast or anytime I would do any project I would watch it to try to see where I could get better. So listening at our, listening to our stuff, I'm like, man, we don't normally talk so like monotone. Monotone, <laughs> yeah, monotone, or just like not super engaged or excited. Um, and I feel like it's the environment. So I personally am going to try to work against that and just be who I am naturally, and just be a little bit more excited or a little bit more normal in terms of my tone. Pretending that I'm not talking to you guys from a closet in our house. <laughs> uh, that's funny because I thought I was getting louder. <laughs> well, you need to get louder. I so know. You maybe you maybe I should go to normal and you should keep going Up. louder. <laughs> so um, well, this is kind of my personality anyway. Yeah, it is. Not when you're with friends. You're out. You're super outgoing with your friends. A lot of people uh, think Jessica is. When I first met her in high school, it was that she was stuck up. That's what they thought. In, you know, high school, right? Uh-huh. Good description is stuck up. Yeah. And she's just super shy. So it had nothing to do with that at all. Very introverted. And now as adults, it's known as RBF. It's taken, <laughs> on, a new, it's taken on a new meaning. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Stuck up is now RBF. Yep. And uh, it's again, she just, if she knows you, she's outgoing. If she doesn't, she doesn't um, yeah, super really, shy. really engage. Yeah. So anyway... I connect very well with people who are extroverted because yeah. I'm not good at small talk or starting conversations. But if somebody is great at making conversations or extending that. So you're not good at connecting with people that are introverted. Yes. You said well, extroverted. Said, no, I said I'm really good. I get, I do well with people who are extroverted. Oh, oh, what do you mean by that? Um, because it's easier for me to talk. Because if there's two introverts, it's really hard to carry a conversation. <laughs> no, you guys are just having a staring contest? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, That's how's funny. your day? <laughs> yeah, one-line answers. Yeah, yeah. I can totally so, see some that. Some of my best friends are extroverts. Extroverts. And I just love them to death because they're, they're easy to get along with. Yeah, cool. Cool. So 
this week, we told you last week that we were going to talk about uh, parenting. Um, we have no clue what we're doing. Yeah, I was saying, talk, <laughs> talk. There is no advice here. We yeah. have no advice to give because we are trying to figure out just like everybody else is. Yeah. There is no... We're definitely not on the same page all the time. Nope. I've got... So I grew up in a house with five boys. I was the oldest of five. So we had no... I had no connection to any women other than my mom and, you know, family, extended family. Um, and now we have three girls. Mm-hmm. And Jessica grew up in a house with uh, twins at one boy, one girl. So she's, you know, and she's the baby. So she has her own experience of that. But yep. she also has her experience of being a woman and having her opinions on that. So uh, that's certainly where some of our clashes come from. Oh, yes. And I'm winning because our kids are not. I was going to say pregnant yet, but they're still little kids. So. Yeah, what was I going to say? <laughs> so I hope I'm winning. I hope that my strict dadness is winning. Mm. Anyway, so it is my... That's what you've got to keep telling yourself. <laughs> so let us break it down just a little bit. So we have a 14-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 7-year-old. And um, I grew up in a house where it was like you're home when the streetlights come on. Um, and that was really just for me as the oldest, I think, I think my parents evolved as, you know, like all parents do, mm-hmm. you do think you do do things differently for each child as yeah. you learn, you know, yeah. Well, I was the youngest, so I got away with way more. Yeah. Because by the time I came around, which I, I mean, I'm only like two years younger than my brother and sister, but still, yeah, they were definitely more lenient. I got to stay out later. They weren't, they didn't really stay up and wait for me. Mm-hmm. Although I'd have to go in and wake them up when I get home. Most of the time I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I grew up where as the oldest, I was the practice child. Yes. And that is, yes. To- you know, look, I'm going to say it because I was the oldest. It is not, it's real. Your first child is like crap. Yep. And it's practice. And there isn't a book on child. I mean, there's plenty of books on raising kids, but none of them seem to be exactly what your kid needs. And I think that's where we get lost as parents or frustrated as parents. So, um, you know, when we have breakdowns in our relationship, the kids used to affect our marriage a mm-hmm. lot. Yep. Um, and when things started turning the corner for us where things started getting much better, at that time we'd made the commitment that our kids and our relationship with them will be completely separate with our relationship with each other. It's not always easy, especially when we have some pretty strong disagreements with certain things with kids. But I'm also in a place where I'm more willing to listen and back off a little bit more. Um, and I, At least I'm trying because I don't want to be overprotective. But now what I find myself doing is with my 14-year-old specifically, because she and I get to spend a lot of time together because she's homeschooled. That was one of the parenting skills that we did and we should talk about that but she's homeschooled and so we get to spend quite a bit of time together rather than telling her no for the sake of just telling her no I am consciously making an effort to find time to actually discuss with her why I'm trying to keep her from certain experiences so for example um, if I tell her no about a certain set of media guidelines. Let's use that. All of her friends have phones. Parents, if you're listening to this and your kids have phones, thanks a lot. You're making it much harder for me. 
Your kids should not have phones, and I will fight you to the death on that, because if you look at the way things are going... I think they should have phones. I think that they should... Are you ending my rant? Monitored. Yeah, because... You're monitoring Here's our disagreement, one of them. (laughs) No, I think they should be monitored, but I I think as a 14-year-old kid, they should have a phone. I hate not being able to go... So, I agree that they should have a phone to be able to contact us. That's what I mean. And us contact them. Yes. I do not think they should have social nope, media. I don't either. I don't think they should have cell phones that do voice text or, or uh, uh, texting or videos. Um, your, listen, so this is the military side of me. When the enemy is increasing their offense, it is imperative that you increase your defense. And the way I associate that with is all of the media available for our children is not ready for the kids that are getting a hold of it. Your 14, your 12-year-old doesn't need to be watching in-depth shows about serious relationships. Your kids do not need to be watching porn. And I say this joking, I don't say this jokingly, and I know you guys agree with this that are listening, but guess what? If your kid has a phone and they have access to the internet, they're probably watching porn. Whether they choose to watch it or their friend thinks something is funny and they're sending it to them, your kids are exposed to pornography. And that creates a whole lot of future issues, one and of itself. Like this podcast, we could not possibly cover all of the issues of raising children in one podcast. Mm-mm. But what we have seen be the most detrimental, and, and, and some of this obviously is my own theory, is that media of any kind, who's regulating that? Remember when we grew up and there was like the ratings, the t- you know, mm-hmm. it was, I remember when TV didn't have ratings and then it did, just television. Movies had ratings. Television I didn't. Television had ratings. Yep, and then uh, I don't remember at what age, but then at a certain point, uh, they started rating TV. So, people have been rating shows for certain audiences. What the hell? Who is rating these shows nowadays? Because if you watch a TV thirteen, or even an R, some of the R is like it, you're you're watching a porn almost. You're just not seeing penetration. But it's it's graphic, an R-rated movie, PG-13. It's there's even there's even nudity in PG-13. And when I was younger, growing up, you didn't see that in PG-13. I know because I was always trying to find it. The first one ever that I remember was Titanic, and that was when we were young. Show boobs. Yeah, it did. I loved that scene. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> so it was there, just not as prevalent. Not but as prevalent. Yeah. Again, you're getting on a rant because. I am. We're not here to give advice or tell them how to raise their kids because oh. we're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> AJ's very opinionated. I do not have this. I am very opinionated, especially in this world, in this realm, uh, because if your head's in the sand, then you're going to see the impact that it's having. Yeah. Or, or if your head's in the sand, you're not going to see the impact it's having. And you can argue, with me, argue that with me all you want, but in my opinion, those who want to argue about that they probably are using those tools to occupy their children. And that's going to piss some people off, but at some point, I'm here to share my opinion. Whether you like it or not, you can listen or not. But the reason I'm sharing that as a point of view is because I did it. It's so easy to have your child go away and play on some social media device or watch TV. They still do. I know, but we are making more of an effort to go out and do things with them and we are much more um, regulatory on what they have access to. 
if it's just kind of free, then that's the problem. Yeah, no, we had to put parental controls on yeah. our teenager's computer yeah. because she was getting into some trouble. Yeah. Yeah, and without throwing her under the bus, I mean, it's just out there. It, yeah. Everything you think could happen is out there. Listen, I'm going to share this part because I think it's important for parents to hear, especially if you have – I'm going to say daughters because that's the world I come from, but maybe it's an issue with teens. But when my child did have access through texting and messaging, we were finding her messaging very inappropriate things with boys and even men much older than her. Who are pretending to be – No, not the one in Canada. The one that she was messaging on Xbox, the Xbox chat. So this this is the thing, people. Your kids are going to find it anywhere. Think about you. If you wanted something, you would go what, through whatever channel necessary to find it. Your kids are doing the same thing. So um, she was chatting with some 32-year-old man in Toronto on Xbox, and it was getting explicit. So the other thing that's tied to that is if you guys don't know who Operation Underground Railroad is, you should check them out. Uh, human sex trafficking of, tra trafficking of children is at an all-time high, and it's continuing to climb. We're seeing more and more videos of blatant snatching in broad yeah. daylight. It, here, in here in Tempe, that was happening, and this lady was, this man tried to grab this lady and her daughter. And she was screaming and screaming and screaming, and they, she finally got away, and they called the police. They found three SUVs running and six people drugged in the SUVs. Oh, my gosh. Right on Mill in Tempe. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, like I said in the beginning of this whole rant, when the enemy increases its offense, you must increase your defense. Now, the problem with that is the world will tell you that you're being what? Overprotective. Overprotective <laughs> and too strict. That's yeah. what the world is going to tell you. Or your wife. Yeah, or your spouse. And so then you have to have these conversations, you know, and sometimes they can get heated. But what it comes down to is you have to remember that it's heated because you both have love for your children. So yeah. you have to find that yeah. common ground and have real conversation. And look, sometimes it may help to bring statistics to that conversation because that could help if your spouse is willing to listen. I'm rolling my eyes right now. Jessica's rolling her eyes right now because we have such disagreements. <laughs> yep, so we do. we've had a few of you guys ask us to talk about kids. I wasn't going to do it. Where I'm like, nope, let's just stick to marriage. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really want to either. I don't. I mean, we don't mind getting on here and talking about it. I just didn't want to say that any of this is advice. It's just basically us talking about. Yeah, we're parents just like you guys trying to figure it out. Yeah. Now, I think I think what we could share is how. In the rearing of our children, it's important that it doesn't affect the two of you. It's hard to yeah. say, but it's also very important that you find that way to do that because in a few short years, they're gone. They're going to be living their own life. They're going to be sitting down listening to a podcast like this with their spouse or trying to figure it out with their spouse. While we're sitting here, I'm hardly thinking of my parents and their relationships, right? That's how it's going to be with your children. And at the end of the day, my parents are dealing with their own personal relationships, which means you and I, at some point, will be alone right. with our own relationship. So you cannot let your children and that whole, pro that whole um, um, season of life take full control. You know, listen, my parents divorced when they were 20, year, uh, 20 years after they were married. And I am very clear that us as, children, as kids had a major impact on that. Now, 
I do know that they had their own issues right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But we did not make it any easier for them. Well, no, kids don't. I know. They don't. And I'm not saying, like, I feel bad. I just recognize that now. The value in me recognizing that my impact had is to make sure that it doesn't have the same in ours. Well, just think how many less arguments we'd have if we didn't have children. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's true in every situation. Yeah. Kids just bring a lot of extra stress and emotion to a marriage yeah because you have two different people trying to raise them who came from two different backgrounds and have different opinions so you know with Kylie you tend to be more overprotective and I tend to want to give her a little bit more leeway because I was I'm a girl I come from more experience like well I did this so I feel like she should be able to do this Mm -hmm. but you didn't have sisters so you don't really understand right so I'm kind of more trying to give her a little more leeway than you do. Yeah. And I and I uh, am aware that she is her own person and she's going to make her own mistakes. She is. And are we doing enough to help teach that? That's that's where I that's where my Detroit choices come from is it's like okay, she's going to make her own choices, but I need to set her up for success. And that's why I say I'm trying to take more of a, an approach of education. Like the other night, we had the sex talk. Yeah. But not necessarily. I mean, it she, wasn't the birds and the bees. Yeah, she's, 14. she's 14. She knows that. But it was more of uh, um, intimacy in life in general, in relationships. And so we had a conversation about my opinions and my theories on that. And just to share with her uh, in a way that was more adult. Mm-hmm. Because, more empowering. Yeah, more empowering. Because, you know, it's crazy. I've definitely been uh aware and maybe it's just because i'm watching for it but she's in the just in the last six months i think she's becoming way more mature Mm -hmm. maybe not getting her chores done but just as a young woman yeah and just the way she thinks and the way she talks and kind of acts i'm just like wow my baby girl's grown up yep (laughs) and i definitely am am noticing that so um what do you think couples can do to try to get on the same page that's a good question. Don't wait too long to make me edit so much dead space. <laughs> um, that's a hard one because we still are working on that. So communication. So what works for you? Just say that and then I'll listen and take notes. <laughs> for us to be on the same page? Yeah. What would, it, what would it take? What do you feel like it would take for you and I to be on the same page more than we are? You listening to me. Okay. And agreeing with everything I say. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I wasn't prepared for that question. I know. That's why I threw it at you. I know. You're such a jerk. I think what it would take, like you said, is communication. Yeah. And I think... It's, the it, hard thing is we're both stubborn. Yep. So when we have opinions, it's really hard to change either one of our minds. Yeah. So then it just... You've definitely been better lately, I think, because of... Um, because we've been communicating and I think that you're getting a little bit more understanding with her being older. She's 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, we're just barely letting her wear makeup and you still don't, but I think it's okay now. She's a young woman. She's mature. She's... When do you think she can date? I think 16 mm. is a good age. Good. At least we're still on the same page yeah. there. Yeah, but she, I mean, you've got to let her express herself because that's yeah. 
that's what you want to do as a woman, as a young woman. I mean, not just a woman. A yeah. guy wants to express himself. Girls like to express themselves through lots of different ways. But for yeah. me, it was makeup and clothes. And right. she's really not that girly. I don't even think she's would wear. She's not one that would wear makeup on a daily basis. But she, I think she, if she was going out or with friends, I think she would like to put makeup on. Yeah. So some things we still don't do that a lot of people kind of might say is overprotective is we don't allow sleepovers. Mm-mm. Kids are allowed to sleep over here, but we won't let her sleep over in other areas. Um, we already said that we don't have a lot of we don't have any electronics. She has a computer that has a timer of that she's allotted to be on, but it's got some pretty strict parental controls on. She just got the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, the younger ones they're still pretty young. They don't really cause a whole lot of stuff that we haven't already been through. Right? Yeah, that's so the benefit that's of having a, older yeah, one. Yeah, that's the sad thing. Is it's really the the teenager where it starts to yeah have issues. I think because they want to explore more and push mm-hmm. boundaries more, so it causes a little more um, anxiety and rift yeah. with parents. Now, on the other side of all that, we do have kids, and we love our kids. And I love seeing each one of them growing into their own unique characters. Mm-hmm. See, I'm one – one of the things that we don't necessarily agree 100% on and kind of undecided in most areas is schooling, education. Um, so, this man, this, this we could go on forever with so many of these different topics, so we won't. Yeah. But um, watching my kids each get into their unique genius. So I do not subscribe to uh, – medicines for the sake of like Adderall, Ritalin, stuff like that. I just don't. I was on them for a brief time in high school. Um, It was a little late to be put on them. I'm actually grateful now knowing that I could have been way worse off had they started me earlier. Who knows who I would be? Might have straight A's, but I might be a freaking depressed. Who knows? I just don't know. Yeah. Because um, I used to work at a wilderness program with youth that were on it, and every one of them was on some sort of Adderall, Ritalin, or whatever, and that was I believe causing half the problems, but really what it comes down to is, is it, I think it mutes their real unique genius. So I want to come from a place where I can encourage them to go down the path of what they are good at and not what the school system says they should be good at because that's just a farm. That's a farm of, you know, they're just farming people out for the same skills to do whatever that might be. And the problem is, I don't even think the school can keep up with the growth that we're having in our world now, the, with technology and everything. Schools don't even know. I, matter of fact, I don't think they've kept up since the Industrial Revolution first started. I mean, schools were started, if you look at the research, to create people that will work in factories in a line. Mm-hmm. That is, that's not conspiracy theory. That is the design. So I don't subscribe to that because our schools are still doing that. I believe that the kids that are going to be the most powerful are the ones who can create something out of any situation. They don't need a play-by-play book. They are creative, and they can make something work out of anything. Um, So watching my kids grow, seeing each of them for what they are. Layla is a phenomenal reader at her age, I think. I know her school says she's a little behind, but – but she's great, and she comprehends everything she's reading. So she might go a little bit slower, but she can comprehend everything she's reading. She's super smart and um, very charismatic, has a mm-hmm. ton of character. She does. And she knows it, too, and she'll play it. Her facial expressions, man. Yeah, and she'll play it all the time. She'll play those facial expressions. Oh, she's going to be the one that gets us. No. 
No, that's true. That's going to be Ella. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ella. <laughs> Although Layla's just so cute and innocent. Everybody loves her. She give you the puppy dog yes, eyes. Knowing that she's doing it. just give her all your it. money. Yeah. So, yeah, she is. She's, I don't know, but Ella's our, our, Ella's our spitfire. Ella's a spitfire, but what's great about Ella is that, that spitfire attitude. And she's super creative. Yeah, she's very creative. Man, she'll make pop-up books out of nothing. She'll find tape and toilet paper rolls. She'll whatever. Yeah, she'll create so something out of nothing and just make it awesome. And she's the one the teachers are all so worried about. And mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, she's not going on medication. Nope, she's not going to do homework. Nope. I mean, I have her back fully with where she is at. There is nothing wrong with my nine-year-old child. She's extremely creative. That's the. F- that's the genius we're going to feed. Yeah. And then I'll let her figure out how that becomes possible down the road. But the worst thing we can do is have her feel wrong for it because then that will be what blocks her from taking that genius and finding the other missing pieces, whether it be with other people or who knows. But she is incredibly talented in in figuring stuff out and making things. Yeah, she's and then, so creative. Yep, and then Kylie has a personality that can just connect with anybody. Yeah. People, you know, whenever we've had a couple of birthday parties where her friends were over here doing presents and um, one of them, they, I think they would say something, they would bump her on the head and say something about her or something like that. Anyway, every one of them in, in their cards said how much they loved being around her. Like her personality, she's always fun, she's goofy. She's you. She's me. <laughs> so. Yeah, she's, she's easy to get along with she loves everybody she'll hang out with anybody she's just she's she's yeah, yeah so she's a sweet kid. yep and so we brought her home i, I want to bring all my kids home for for homeschool as soon as they get the basics of reading and writing uh reading and writing and arithmetic the basics of that i do want to bring them all home now if some of them if if one chooses that they really want to be there and their grades reflect that then i have no reason to take them out but when all their classes are failing, and the only thing left is the influences of school, and we find that that's not the best thing for that child, then we're going to change the environment. We will do what we have to in our home to change that environment. It's not been easy. It's not perfect. We've gone through multiple online courses to try to figure it out. We question ourselves all the time, are we giving her enough? Yeah. Um, the cool thing about the state of Arizona is they fully back the parent and their choice to homeschool their children. So... You actually can have a document signed and notarized and submitted to the state, and they release them without any with without anything. You don't have to follow up with anybody. You don't have to. Um, there's no curriculum. You give them your own curriculum. You obviously have to be careful because if you're a lame-o parent and you just let them not go anywhere, that isn't going to help. But that mm-hmm. isn't us. So. It's right for us. Yeah, she does her online school. She goes to work with you, which I I love that she gets to, well, I love that she gets to spend time with you because, you know, in the beginning when you were gone, when she, you got deployed when she was five months old and you come home when she until she was two, mm-hmm. she I don't feel like you guys got to develop that bond like you and Layla. We definitely didn't. So when it comes to parenting that, uh, so for the veterans out there listening, I get it. So I left when she was five months, mm-hmm. came home when she was two, and there is definitely not the same connection. Matter of fact, I left again in 2010 when Ella, uh, was, five Ella was five months, and that time I was only gone for three months, but still, 
that separation during that time was just strange because well, my just, connection yeah. with Layla is way different than the other two. Yeah. I'm aware of that, so I'm consciously you know, working on that. It's not like I don't love my kids. It's just not as deep as a bond. Right. You weren't around to even be able to bond with her as a baby and as a toddler. So, and then, you know, you were just gone a lot in the military and just different jobs. It's just, you just weren't able to. So now that you're able to do that, it really is more, I feel like influential now as a teenager, as somebody you're going to be influencing who she's going to be looking for and a man. So you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so now she's getting to go to work with you and see you taking care of us and running a business. And I, I just, I think it's really cool. Yeah. And so part of our talks are, like you just said, me telling her what I think she should be looking for in a man. Now, I am not naive enough to think that that matters, <laughs> but I'm going to share it. Right. Right. Uh, I hope that would be the case, but. I'm not trying to force it on her. I'm just sharing with her some of the things that are important about finding a a good man to marry. Um, I feel like we are failing our young women in that department with the young men that are growing up. Um, Parents, if you've got young men, I will not be apologetic for this. If it bothers you, it's probably you. If it doesn't bother you, you're probably saying, yep, I see it too. My boy's not going to be that way. But listen... Half the boys out there, the girls are carrying the, the the girls are carrying the load now. They just are, and I am not the only one saying that. Most young men out there don't know how to become men. One of the biggest things we're losing in our country is the ability for boys to find that path to go from boyhood to man, and um, it's it's you, it's apparent. It's totally clear. If you're if your man if your young man doesn't know how to change a tire, or a battery at the ba- at the basics, or check the oil. That's, those are simple skills that, listen, there's the masculine and the feminine energy in this world. It's just the way it is. And I don't want to go too much into the, deep into that, but there is. And you need to um, respect both equally, right? In, in a marriage, our marriage works when I fully respect your feminine energy and the, and the concerns and the worries and the stuff that kind of goes with that naturally with you. And respect that and hear it and kind of support that. And vice versa, respecting me to go out and make things, you know, fix things or to try to build a business that we have or, you know, the hunter-gatherer, the hunter, if I had to go out and hunt something down and get it, you know I could do that, the worst-case scenario. Like, if the world ends, my wife knows she's taken care of. Yes. And as crazy as that sounds, throughout history it repeats itself. Disasters happen. Disasters happen all the time now. Do you have a man that can take care of you? Is your son somebody that if they were a grown, grown-ass grown man and a flood came through like we've had in our country, could they take care of their family or are they going to panic? That's what I'm talking about is when the crap hits the fan, who's leading the family? That's what, that is at the basic of what I'm saying. So anyway, um, when it comes to marriage goals and family, I think that um, – communication Mm -hmm. not you know we made mistakes in the past where we would fight in front of the kids over the kids don't do that that doesn't help anything Mm -mm. our children have definitely noticed a big shift in our relationship um in terms of arguing they don't see that anymore um they see us get frustrated with one another because that's just part of life but they don't see us fighting like they used to you know where we used to have kids in the back of the seat saying stop fighting yeah heartbreaking Mm -hmm. 
Um, but we've been there. And uh, if you do have to have a discussion, one of the things that will help in child rearing is to go and do that somewhere not around them. That is so hard to do, and it's easy for me to say after the fact. Yeah. Um, but but uh, you just want to let it all out right then, even if you don't care who's around. But I think we have had to work really hard to make up for that, and it would be better if you didn't have to do what we've had to do to get through that. Yeah. So anyway... You can tell we have no idea what we're nope. doing with raising our kids. We're nope. just sharing about the crap we've been dealing with. So yep. we're happy to listen to some advice from you guys. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. About 30 minutes of us just rambling on things we have nothing, yeah. know nothing about. No, no business giving advice about, but... Um, but we're going to give it anyway. I'm no, going to give it anyway. Yeah, you will. I was not giving advice. Yeah, you just sat there with your arms folded. Yes, I did, because... We You're an just... introvert, and you don't want to make anybody mad. Yes. <laughs> I'll leave that I'm up a, to me. Not an intro. That has nothing to do with it. It's a, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, so am I. And I can't see you people, so... <laughs> <laughs> if they were sitting in front of you, you would still be saying the same thing. I would. You're very would, passionate about certain things. I certainly would. And they would all be nodding their head yes, in agreement. Yes, they would, because you're really, really good salesman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, yes. Again, we have changed to the Marriage Golds podcast, and that's reflected in all our social media. Uh, we just didn't want any confusion. It's easier for people to find. Yeah, easier for people to find, and it does, does tell what we do. Um, as stated in the last one, our... Uh, very short future goals. We have some great people lined up that we want to start interviewing. So our podcast will evolve to where primarily we get to interview other couples on um, their marriage and, and marriage goals. Work, yeah. yeah, and how they make it work. Because I think we can all learn from each other. Oh, absolutely. And so we want to reach as many couples out there making it work and thriving and kind of see what makes their relationship amazing. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks. Talk to you later.